Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune into what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, sleep tight stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. My guest today is Bishop Marvin Sapp. He's a multi-platinum gospel, gospel icon, songwriter, pastor, and executive producer of the new TV One original film, Never Would Have Made It, The Marvin Sapp Story. We'll also be discussing his 15th album, Substance, released in June, Mark Marvin Sapp's seventh number one album debate. The album was released on his own label, Elevate. Entertainment, which is distributed through 30 Tigers. We'll talk about his move from his hometown of Grand Rapids, Michigan, to my home state, Fort Worth, <laughs> Texas. We're going to talk about that now. I'll tell you right now, it's a heat change, baby. It's a heat change. Oh, my God. <laughs> but most importantly, we'll talk about his family, faith, and sense of humor from a person who has delivered such incredible gospel songs like Never Would Have Made It and The Best of Me. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation Masterclass, the one and only Bishop Marvin Sapp. How are you doing, sir? I am great. I'm on top and rising higher. How are you doing? Well, great. Uh, let's 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 get to the big move first, okay? Because I've been up in Michigan like it's shaped like your hand, and then you moved out of my state. Now, first of all, why did you move? And then we're gonna talk about the elements. <laughs> well, you know, I, you know, honestly, you know, we can always use this. You know, people would say it's cliche, but Honestly, I moved because it was it was God. It was it yes, was sir. a God timed move for me, and um, I needed change. And I didn't know how bad I needed change until I got here. Mm-hmm. Um, and strangely enough, uh, I waited till I was fifty two years old to decide to pack my bags and move to another state. Mm-hmm. Um, and took a church here. Took a church here. I, I burned the mortgage on the church in the city that I lived in, mm-hmm. had a successful church in Grand Rapids, Michigan, 500 plus members actively were worshiping with us every week and uh, moved down here to start from scratch in mm-hmm. essence. And I still have three uh, storage units of furniture in Michigan. And, you know, I just came here just to start over, start fresh. And it's it's been a great, great blessing to me. You, you talked about how I left the state that was shaped like a hand. And I'm thinking about, I moved to a state that's shaped like a frying pan. (laughs) (laughs) It is amazingly hot in Texas, but um, it it was good for me and it has been good to me. Well, you know, I I, I love that because I I was born and raised in Houston. And then people think because you're up in Dallas, Fort Worth, it's cooler. It's actually hotter. It's hotter in Dallas than it is in in Houston. It's more humid in Houston yes, because it is. Mm-hmm. of course it's by the ocean. But mm-hmm. no, no, I mean like we 
This they said this summer has been unseasonable. Yes. Um, we've averaged 100 degrees and no rain for the last 60 plus days. Mm-hmm. Every day it's been 100 plus degrees. And uh, this is something that I'm absolutely not used to. So I, I don't leave the house much. Right. I don't leave the house much. Right. And uh, but but, you know, I have a, I have a great church in Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, the Chosen Vessel Church. And if you get a chance, come see us. Absolutely. Uh, or you can watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time on any of our social media platforms. And and it and it's it's a great situation. It was a great move. Cool. I, I always feel like, uh, you know, because one of my my minutes of inspiration runs into your syndicated uh, platform that yeah. runs on uh, national. Yeah. So I always know, hey, that's my boy. Appreciate being a part of that powerful network. Our relationship goes back to Steve Harvey. And, uh, you know, when we used to play your music uh, in L.A., before anybody was allowed gospel, I remember you stopped us in the airport and said, thank you, Mr. Harvey. I appreciate those checks. (laughs) (laughs) Every time you play my song, all I hear is cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Absolutely, absolutely. But as you you grow as a talent, as you grow, it was like when I was watching the movie, and the movie I'm talking about is the the Marvin Sapp story that's going to be airing on TV One, the TV One original. You know, it was kind of like interesting because I I started seeing how our relationship was being played out by some of these. Of course, it didn't extend beyond for the movie, but our relationship has extended up beyond that because he's the only ghost gospel artist in the history of when we was doing the Neighborhood Awards. We did it for 60 years. Opened the show. You were the only gospel artist I ever asked to open the show. Yeah. And I, Steve Harvey and I sat down and thought about that, you know, because we always opened a show. I just think it was time. And it was in Las Vegas. It was sold out, 19,000 people out there. And it, it, was a, it, was a, it was a blessing. So you have a gift, sir. That We talk about that gift. Your, your, your wife who's passed away, we talk about her in the, in the movie a lot. We're going to talk about her more in a minute. Sometimes you ran away from that gift. And so many people in life run from gift or don't understand those gifts that God gives them. Talk about yours and the journey and how you try to make sure your children and people around them understand the value of gifts. Well, I think, you know, what people really need to understand is that where where there is gift, there's major responsibility. And I think, you know, that the reason why people run away from their gifts is because of the simple fact that the responsibility that goes along with them can be weighty, can be heavy. And, you know, yeah, when you consider, you know, the responsibility of what you carry, uh, sometimes you just don't want that responsibility. So I understand why people run away from their gifts. I did. Mm-hmm. You know, as a child, I knew what what the, my calling was on my life, you know, mm-hmm. early, early, early on. Mm-hmm. Um, but even though I knew what my call was early on, I still was like, you know what, I don't want this because I looked at what other people have to go through with it. And I don't know if it's necessarily something that I wanted to be bothered with. Right. Um, but when you have a gift and when you have a call, no matter how hard you try to run from it, some strange reason it always catches up with you. And uh, you can give in easily or you can do like I did and give in the hard way. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you're going to give in to it. Right. So, you know, I'm grateful that, you know, I've been able to embrace uh, what's on my life and not only just embrace what's on my life, but um, by the grace of God, be able to carry it and use it or rather parlay it into doing some amazing things. I mean, you know, um, I'm the first, as you already said a few moments ago, the first uh, male gospel artist um, to ever have a biopic of mm-hmm. his own. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, of course, the Clark sisters did it as a group mm-hmm. um, years ago. They did, uh, it wasn't called a biopic, but it was a, a docu-series on, you know, James Cleveland, the yes, Bear Sisters, and so on and so forth. But to have a movie being done on your life, especially something that you didn't ask for, it kind of found you. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and to be able to share, you know, your ups and your downs and what you had to come through to get to where you are. Mm-hmm. It's just a major blessing, and I, I absolutely appreciate it. The Never Would Have Made It uh, film is an original film, the Marvin Sapp story, written and directed by syndicated radio producer uh, and host uh, Russ Paul, as well yeah, as... Russ, yeah. he, was, he was a co-writer on the project. Oh, I right. co-wrote on it. Russ mm-hmm. co-wrote on it. Mm-hmm. And a couple other fellas, we all came together, and, and we just put our, our heads together and tried to make sure that we gave people a story that was real, mm-hmm. uh, that was authentic, but most importantly, that was encouraging to let people know that, yeah, you know, everybody, no matter how successful they may seem to be to your natural eye, 
everybody has a story that they had to come through something right. to get to where they got to. And, and, and that coming through it is possible that you don't have to remain where you are, but, but there is an end to whatever challenge you face. And then you had my good friend uh, on the show producing with you, Phil Thorne. Yeah, Phil, me and Phil, executive produced as well. And um, my relationship with Phil goes way back because yes, he was does. my record company executive mm-hmm. uh, for many, many years at RCA Inspiration. And honestly, he left RCA Inspiration around the same time I left uh, RCA Inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, my contract was up after 30 years, wow. amazingly, mm-hmm. uh, in the, uh, the Sony system. And um he just decided he wanted to move on and do some different things too. But we remain friends. He's my frat brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that makes it easy for both of us, KA side to the day we die, finally by. Well, yeah. And, you, 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 like I tell Phil, sometimes these conversations be going good, Bishop. You know, then, you know, want to start talking to a Q about them noops, you know what I'm saying? And nephew Tommy, all y'all start huddling around. Talk. I'm pretty on my left. I'm pretty on my right. <laughs> but, uh, but it's a blessing, man, to be able to to be able to you know share and right. and for people to you know be able to see and 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 allow them to have some you know insight into your life, so they get a clear understanding of who you are as a person. So I'm honored. I really am. I'm 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 honored, and I want people to watch it on the 21st of August. I believe it's going to be a great blessing to them. And I believe Absolutely. That some of them are going to be challenged and encouraged to know, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. No matter how bad my child may be right now, there's mm-hmm. still an opportunity for a mm-hmm. turnaround. Mm-hmm. No matter how bad or uh, sick I am, there's still an opportunity for a turnaround. And to teach people to remain in faith in the midst of it all. I think that's what it's all about. It's really a beautiful movie. Um, you know, we're talking about Never Would Have Made It. It's, we will be premiering on the uh, TV One Network, the Marvin Sapp story. Um, I, I want to ask you this question. Is the movie a celebration of your overcoming the odds in your life or a tribute to your late wife? It, I think it's a little bit of both. It's It's a celebration of me overcoming the odds of life and my children mm-hmm. overcoming some very, very challenging moments mm-hmm. and still being able to rise above them and succeed in spite of my kids. I'm so proud of them. My son uh, works for Amazon Web Services. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing very well, just got engaged mm-hmm. to a very lovely young lady. My daughter's in her master's program in psychology, um, just like her mom, uh, preparing to get her PsyD. Um, my, uh, baby girl is finishing her dual bachelor's in psychology and biology, uh, with the goal of going to medical school, you know, because of the trauma that they went through, they could have went a whole nother direction. Right. But because we taught them faith, because we taught them the importance of trusting God, even when you can't trace him, even mm-hmm. though that's definitely, a uh, uh, you know, uh, a church colloquialism, um, trusting God when you can't trace him. I believe that that's the reason why they yet and still have been as successful and even moving forward in the levels of success that they they have been in. And I'm, I'm a proud dad because of that. Um, I know that I had them from 11, 13, and 16 till now, but their mom instilled such foundational morals in them you know, while she was here, it 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 speaks to who they are as young adults today. Absolutely. But Absolutely. also, I did I did wanted to pay homage to my wife. I mean, my late wife, Melinda. Um, she was an amazing gift. Mm-hmm. She was an individual who, in spite of her short life and her mm-hmm. struggle mm-hmm. that she had to deal with with her health, um, she did some magnificent things. Because it's a biopic, because we got 90 minutes, wasn't able to really put all the things in there that she did. But one of the things I wanted to make sure that everyone knew is, is that the only reason why they heard never would have made it is because <laughs> she pushed me to do it. Right. And, and that is an homage to her. That is me paying it forward and letting people know that the reason why they heard that song is because of that. But I mean, like Melinda, college professor in our city, uh, she was director of psychometry at a mental hospital. She was on the board of that same mental hospital, a foundation board at that same mental hospital. 
high-res uh, mental health uh, services. Mm-hmm. Um, she was the executive pastor of my church. She was uh, had many different foundations and things that she was part of. And she was a community activist to the point that the Grand Rapids Symphony Orchestra named an award after her, the Dr. Melinda B. Sapp Legacy Award, that they give away every year mm-hmm. to uh, some deserving young person or deserving community activists in our community of Grand Rapids, Michigan. And to me, that's important because they've never done that before. And that's been done and named by the Grand Rapids Symphony Foundation. So, you know, it's more to her than just what she did musically. Uh, executive produced uh, Thirsty, the record. She right. executive produced Here I Am, the record. She actually did the video uh-huh. where she was executive producer and did all the editing and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you know, I could go on and on and on about what she did do. Right. However, you know, I want everybody to know that this is this is me saying, you know, she was a great woman and my kids need to see that. Right. They need to right. they and say thank you. Their mother, and, and say even thank after you. she's gone. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. You know, the, the beauty of um, watching a, a, a biopic like this is that, you know, you can sing. And you're a good looking guy. Good so you got to get an actor in here. You got to get an actor in here that can hold yeah. some notes. You know, they can hold some notes, you know, the actor, you know. Yeah, and you yeah, brought yeah. in a good old friend, played a child on Steve Harvey's first sitcom way back in 1994 on ABC, me and the boys, Chaz Lamar Shepard. Yeah, man, Chaz is an amazing gift. He's an amazing singer, amazing actor. You know, for those people, everybody's like, well, he don't look like you. I, don't, I didn't even care. Mm-hmm. I was like, he can sing, he can act. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we talked, we communicated, he tapped into the emotions um, the things that I was dealing with. Uh, and plus he's strong in his faith too. I'm just thinking. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. He's a faith family man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm just honored, man, that when we contacted him and asked him to be a part of this, uh, he said yes. And what's really amazing, a lot of people don't know, I met Chaz in the parking lot of West Angeles Church of God in Christ maybe 25 years ago. Right. Okay. I know exactly what that is. Don't crunch y'all. And we were just talking. I was there preaching. Mm-hmm. And he in the parking lot. And he had on some necklace. And I liked it. And I told him, I said, man, it's hot. Da, 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 da. Uh-huh. And we went out and we talked and laughed. And uh, I went to see him one time when he was on Broadway. Right. He was in Harpo for, uh, you know, on the Broadway version of uh, Color Purple. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw him there. And he's like, what are you doing here? And I was like, man, I just, I'm in town doing business. And they told me you were performing. And he was like, why didn't you contact somebody to get a ticket? I said, no, no, no. No, no, I bought my ticket because That's I wanted how we to do enjoy it. everything that you were doing. So when when the opportunity came to, to be able to possibly work with him, I was like, absolutely. Absolutely. He's, he's the perfect person. And he did an amazing job, an amazing job. The reason I just bring that up when I say, you know, that he's strong in his faith is that it's not something he had to find that emotion no. of find the rationale and it, it was natural and uh, 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 his approach to his life. And I'm not saying you got to go there and you have to have that, 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 that deeply immersed values of faith. But I'm just saying is that that's that what you saw on that movie and we'll see on this movie, that is Chaz Lamar Shepard for real. In every sense now, of the word. My every only sense. thing, I'm going to just tell y'all something about Bishop Sapp. One of the most entertaining, funny, naturally off stage, you see, he's laughing a little bit. He's showing me a little personality here because he preaches and he sings these amazing gospel songs at the Neighborhood Awards. I used to always have him on the front row. And Steve would ask for him to be on the front row because he has to laugh. I mean, he's one of those people who laugh. He give up the body when he laughs. He gives up the body. And if you're, in the, if, you're in the, if you're a comedian, that's what you want. You want somebody, you can see the laugh start up in the, in the, in the brow and go all the way down to his feet. And that's, you laugh for real, Bishop Sapp. Because I enjoy, I mean, like, you know, I enjoy, I mean, Steve has always been great to me. I mean, mm-hmm. when I say he's been great to me, I mean, like, anything musically I've ever had, Steve made sure everybody knew Mama knew about it. I mean, he really has been, uh, I don't want to say it like this, but he has been like a real cheerleader for mm-hmm. me. And, you know, with all of my music. And always been transparent, 
having very, very serious conversations with me about his faith and, and things of that nature. And mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I'm appreciative, but I mean, I just, but I also feel like just because you're a preacher, you don't have to be stiff. Mm-hmm. You know, you mm-hmm. got to be that dude mm-hmm. that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, don't have no sense of humor. If right. stuff is funny, it's just funny. funny. <laughs> <laughs> Crawford and that doggone, uh, I never forget that day when LaBelle and uh, uh, David Mann was going back and forth. And that was in the, that was mean, in Atlanta. In Atlanta, y'all oh. almost had to carry me up out of there. <laughs> and and then of course, you know, you know, whenever I was on stage, they would always put me with with my girl Cheryl Underwood. Underwood. <laughs> Cheryl would hit on me the whole time, and it'd be the funniest thing. Uh, sit there and, and and for us to just you know you know the banter piece. So I mean, like. You got to have a sense of humor in life. I yes, mean, sir. the Bible says laughter is like medicine. So mm-hmm. you know, the reason why I laugh like I laugh is because I believe that there's healing in it. So I, I'm just grateful. Oh, and I, I love it. Dude, don't give. That was the only thing that was missing in the biopic. You really don't see that humorous side. But like you said, it's 90 minutes. All you can do is put so much in 90 minutes. But I'm just telling y'all, in real life, he's he's special because he lives life, he shows life, and he's an everyday guy. He walks in faith, but he also walks in the quality of what life brings to him to the table. And I'm talking about Bishop Marvin Sapp. His movie is going to be premiering on TV One August 21st. The Marvin Sapp story never would have made it. Now, Elevate 8. Elevate ele- 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 Entertainment. Yeah. Now, Substance yeah. came out in June. You know, yeah. uh, what made it different and what made it so unique? Substance. Well, Substance is different just simply because it's on my own label. And yes, reality is, is that being on a record label for 30 years, a, a major label being on Sony for 30 years um, is different because now you run it. You own it. Uh, it's your responsibility to take care of everything. Before, you know, the, the record company give you a budget, you take that budget, um, you go in the studio or you go do a live record. And then after you get through doing that live record, you turn it in. Once you turn it in, that's it. You know, then mm-hmm. they tell you when you got to take pictures, they find the art person to do the album covers and all this kind of stuff. So it's real easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like that when you're the owner. <laughs> right, right, right. Mm-hmm. You know, so I had to do all of that myself. I had to make sure everything was done, mixing, mastering. Um, photo shoots, uh, find the art director, uh, uh, make sure all of the songs are uh, coded. Uh, It's just a whole bunch of things that go along with being an owner that I didn't have to do just being an artist. Um, But at the same token, the blessing of it is that gave me an opportunity to learn a whole other aspect, even though I knew it already, but to learn the whole different area of the business that I never had to do before. And it gave me an appreciation for those who work behind the scenes at the record company. Now. Right. You mm-hmm. know, things that they do right. um, because it's, it's a lot of work, but it's exciting because uh, I'm my own master now. Right. You know what I mean, I, I'm not owned by anyone. You know, I, I take care of me. Right. And um, that's a great, great feeling, man. So substance is the first of hopefully many uh, on my own personal label. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my 15th record, man. Do you know, that's a lot of music. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. That's a lot yes, of music. So, you know, um, I'm excited and, and looking forward to bigger, better, and greater. As we close out the interview, there's two things I want to bring up. I could always talk about fear on this show, overcoming fear. You know, people right. tend to stay at the same job, stay in the same relationship, fear of losing weight fear what their children might think of them. And you've in this interview, you've talked about two things that fear could have stopped you, okay? Right. Fear could have stopped you from starting your own company, leaving the record label. You've been over 30 years. And fear could have stopped you from moving from Grand Rapids to Fort Worth, Texas. Those oh, are yeah. two prominent things in this interview I want to remind people that they heard come out of this interview. Can you... In, 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 Say, how were you able to overcome those dramatic moments in your life? And it was never seamless, but much thought and much faith was put into that process. So people who are listening and watching can use that same nuggets of information to mostly get them over the hump. Well, I think that that's what they need to understand. You said it. You said it properly. You said, you know, fear, it took faith. And, 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 and fear is literally the opposite of faith. 
Yes. You know, and, and, and I just had enough faith. I've been trusting God all these years and I pretty much know the, the pushing, the urging, um, um, the voice, the unctioning of God. And once I made a decision to transition and it took some time, trust me, it, it didn't just, I didn't just wake up in the morning and say, you know, I'm moving to Texas. Right. No, it, <laughs> it took a few years mm-hmm. and, and because it was a struggle because mm-hmm. I was thinking about, hear this, this is key. I was thinking about all that I was leaving. Yes. But I never thought about all that I was going to receive in the future. Wow. And see, that's why we stay stuck. Because we're so busy looking at what we have Mm -hmm. that we never think about what we could have. Wow. And uh, I'm doing better now than I was doing in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm happier now than I ever was in Michigan, mm-hmm. at least since the passing of my wife. Yes, sir. Um, and I mean, like, it was just, it was a great decision. The church in Grand Rapids is better now mm-hmm. because they have a new pastor mm-hmm. and they're moving forward. This church is better because they have a new pastor and they're moving forward. So it's just, man, all the way around, it was a leap of faith. And I came by myself. I didn't bring nobody with me. I, I I literally moved like by myself. Um, and when I got here, I didn't know anybody. Uh, now, you know, we're growing, we're establishing relationships with people. Um, we were here six months and COVID hit. So then we was in the house by ourselves, just me and the three kids, um, because they were afraid they moved here and stayed with me for three, um, maybe six months before they all decided to venture back to, to the places that they they were at. So, I mean, like, you know, you just got to, you got to, you got to jump. Absolutely. You just got to jump. Absolutely. <laughs> He's Bishop Marvin Sapp. Uh, never would have made it. The best in me. Uh, it's his own uh, independent record label now. And more importantly, August, that's a Sunday, 21st of this month. Never would have made it. The Marvin Sapp story. You got to watch it. You got to watch it because I learned. And also, it's it's a moment. It's, it's fine acting, but he appears in there. I'm not going to tell you how. But he drops in there dropping those nuggets. And I loved it because I came from the hood, a community just like him, and my family was the McDonald family. And somehow my mom, man, she just held it down like your mom. You know, it was all kind of activity that wasn't good around us. And we had, she had six daughters and two boys, including me. That was nine kids. So, but when we moved out of the neighborhood, the neighborhood seemed like it just collapsed. So I know what story you're telling about your mom. Her strength and respect can cause other people who are not on that path to stay there just long enough just to keep the, the evil out of the house. And that's what that's she it. did. And I, and I really appreciated the story you was able to tell about her. But more importantly, I appreciate you sharing your story August 21st on TV One, the Marvin Sapp story. Appreciate you, Bishop. Thanks, man. Thank you. We talk soon. All right, if you want to hear or see any of these interviews, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host. Keep winning. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. Hi, I'm Rashawn McDonald from Money Making Conversations Masterclass with your daily Minute of Inspiration. This week I sat down with CEO and co-founder of Tyler New Media, home of traffic sales and profit, Lamar Taylor, as he shares the importance of choosing your messenger wisely and making sure they walk the talk. It's a lot of times we look at people that may be celebrities. When I say, are they really hardcore entrepreneurs? And, you know, they, they could be someone with a brand, um, you know, connects them with something to make more money from. But like you said, I feel like Magic Johnson is an, is an entrepreneur. He's a dreamer. He thinks big. And that's what we want to really encourage people in the audience at TSB Live to do a lot of times what we currently do. Uh, so many of us may be first-generation entrepreneurs. We may not have grown up around entrepreneurship. So we might need somebody to stretch what we actually think is possible for ourselves. And that's why we picked them to come in and have that conversation. If you want to listen to this full interview with Lamar Taylor, it's available on moneymakingconversation.com. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. My guest today is Ronnie Green. He is the charismatic host of A Fishing Story with Ronnie Green. He is a graduate, because I'm from Texas. I always got to throw out that Texas connection. Yes, sir. He's a graduate of Texas Tech University where he ran track. Now, I didn't run track, so I was just a guy who watched people run track. He served us, uh, and I have to thank him for the U.S. Marine. 
He's a U.S. Marine Corps veteran and successful former executive in the corporate world, just like I used to be at IBM. So we have a lot of, we kind of got a lot of things in common, you know, Texas, he did the corporate thing and all that good stuff. Now he is a well-known fisherman, something I cannot do. <laughs> He's participated in multiple professional fishing circuits. He's a, indeed one of the top people in the world. Five years ago, he, since he was five years old, he's been fishing. I remember I started the little cane bank, bank fold fishing. That's how I started in the business. His show has won over 32 awards total, including multiple tele awards in the premier honoring, the premier's honoring of programming excellence in television and video. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation Masterclass again, one of my dear friends, Mr. Ronnie Green. How you doing, sir? Rashawn, it's an absolute pleasure to see you again, man. Well, you know, when I, when I, I always bring you people like you all right, I always got I'm introing, but I gotta play with the intro because you know you you you're such a unique individual with your skill set. Cause how many black sure. fishermen? We know, like I said, I've I've fished. You know, there's a lot of black people mm-hmm. out there fishing, but professional black fishermen. That's a rare, it's like race car driving, you know, it's like golfers, you know, there's a lot of black people out there golfing. When you turn on the TV, how many black people see golfing? It's a lot of people out there, race cars, only you see is Bubba Wallace. And so Mm -hmm. it becomes a very unique skill set because you can enjoy it, but when you start going to that next level, what makes you that unique African-American talent or black talent that's been able to break that ceiling? AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together. We'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I think one of the things is uh, fishing is a universal language. Mm-hmm. And if you understand how to navigate the world using that universal language um, and understanding the needs are needs, uh, no matter where you go and what you do, and fishing is fishing, 
I think it helps you to figure out how to uh, win in this industry. And I've been able to do that. And I'm so fortunate and blessed um, to be able to make a living doing it. And making a living. And so, you know, we, we last time I interviewed was smack dab in COVID, you know, came out of the George Forrest crisis. And so the world yes. was different. The world was different at that time. And now we fast forward to 2022. Cause I, I, you know, some, I guess it would be three different transitions. You had the transition before George Floyd and COVID. Then you had COVID and George Floyd. And then now we're dealing with post-George Floyd and still in the pandemic, but with restrictions, involuntary, involuntary. Can you walk us through those different steps of your career and where you're at right now? So pre-George Floyd and, and the crisis we had in our country, it was a lot going on. And this is a very unique industry mm-hmm. in this, in that the business model was similar to NASCAR, as you see folks wearing a lot of patches and a lot of different sponsors on their, on their Jersey, on their apparel, and even on their vehicle uh, that they use, whether it's a boat or whether it's a, a NASCAR car. So it's the same in that sense, but it's also unique in the sense that you see uh, little sprinkles of, minorities uh, like myself uh, in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it can be seen as a very unique thing. But my job is to more so educate people on the history of fishing in America. Because fishing in America goes through the hands of slaves in America, uh, where we were a part of fishing, right. especially African-American females. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that um, as it relates to fishing. So hence, that kind of leads me to my next point, which leads to my great grandmother, mm-hmm. who is one generation removed from slavery, born in 1906, mm-hmm. um, taught me everything I know about fishing, but taught me the history of it as well. Wow. That's pretty amazing. So then you got into the COVID run. Did you did 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 COVID shut down the fishing turn the fishing circuit? It actually didn't, because here's the thing, Rashawn, no one had anything else to do. And could not do anything else but go outside. And mm-hmm. fishing was one of the things. As a matter of fact, the fishing industry exploded. Wow. They couldn't keep anything on the shelves, although everything was back ordered. People were fishing. More boats and engines were bought. And even to this day, the market is oversaturated with boats and people still trying to get boats, engines that are back ordered because the remedy or, or at the time was just fishing. That's right. all we can do and be safe and still be COVID friendly uh, outside because you're six feet apart, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the only thing to do. So a lot of folks, there was uh, over a million new license issued. Wow. Just because of fishing um, and folks who've never tried it, they decided to give it a try. And then you got a certain percentage of folks that stuck around. Uh-huh. Um to continue to fishing because they realize it's something that I missed and I should have been doing. And that's the thing about COVID. It was a lemonade that we were all able to make from the lemon of COVID. And what I mean by that is people were finding things that they thought they couldn't do. People were writing more books were written. Mm -hmm. People were fishing more. People were enjoying things that they didn't do previously because they had to do it. When you're forced to do something, it's amazing what the human spirit can do. Absolutely. So tell me, why do you have to have a license to fish? Well, that's a good question. And my dad asked me that question all the time. And I have to always <laughs> rectify that. You got to throw something back. Please, you can't do this to me. What the reason is, is because if you did not allow or if you did not teach people how to rationalize or, or, or have conservation with fish, right. people will take as many as they could. I have seen times where people have caught 30, 40, 50 fish. Wow. For what reason? And a lot of times it's for their own ego to say, look what I caught. Here's a picture of all the fish that I caught. But if you did that and multiplied it times the people that fish in the world, can you imagine if we would have any resources left? Mm. There's Mm. places in other countries that they don't have the same stipulations we have Mm -hmm. where they actually, you know, take advantage to a point where almost extinct uh, some species of fish. So if we don't do that and learn to, you know, help reproduce the the fish, then ultimately our kids' kids can enjoy the thing we love called fishing. So basically, by getting a license, it allows you to fish, but fish with uh, 
with uh, some type of conservation in mind. You just can't just load up all the fish and walk out of there. Or because somebody can come by and find you if you don't have a license or stop you from fishing if you don't have a license, correct? That is correct. As a matter of fact, it even goes further than that. Sometimes when you, if you have a boat and you take too many fish, they have the ability to take your boat, to take your tackle, everything. That's how important it is for you to know what you're doing when you go out and fish. Even if you're fishing on the bank, people say, well, I'm not, I'm fishing on the bank. I don't need a license. You need a license as well. And uh, senior citizens typically uh, don't need a license, but always check your state. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes uh, adolescents, maybe less than 10 or something to that Mm -hmm. effect, but every state is different. So you always got to check and make sure. I tend to believe to keep a lifetime license so I never have to worry about it unless I'm going to another state. Because at the end of the day, the worst feeling in the world that you'll never forget is to have an officer come and Find you, <laughs> yes. take you to court, or sometimes even take all your equipment, which that stuff can be expensive, mm-hmm. or even take you to jail. I'm speaking to Ronnie Green. He is the charismatic host of A Fishing Story with Ronnie Green. That show has won over 32 awards, and as well as a very elite uh, tele awards for the um, the quality of the show, the creativity of the show, the programming of the show. And when you're, when you're an African-American and you venture out into a world, I, I've worked for IBM, so I know... That was a world where, you know, you look around, there's not a world that's populated with not African-Americans, like any corporate job is. And But you can be treated different. Uh, people can feel that you're unique, that you are able to be employed in that particular fashion. What is this? What, how, when did you finally get comfortable out there, Ronnie, being a very unique member of a very white group? I, I would say probably when I was bass fishing. Mm-hmm. So you have different styles of fishing. There's saltwater fishing, which is out in the ocean. Right. And then there's freshwater fishing, which is bass fishing. Mm-hmm. And bass fishing is a very unique skill set. Because if you're bass fishing, most of the time you're fishing with artificial baits. And why is that important? Because if you have an artificial bait versus a live bait, fish prefer the filet mignon versus the imitation. So it takes a very unique skilled fisherman to imitate a live bait to force a bass to eat some of that. And bass fishing rules the industry. So I felt like if I can actually be successful in what rules the industry, bass fishing, by fishing bass tournaments, then I think uh, it it, uh, can turn into something big, not knowing that it, it, it would. So how that happened was because of, I spent more time fishing after I lost my mother. Surprisingly, you know, we, we never expected it. Mm-hmm. And uh, ultimately, it was the same as like the COVID situation. You were forced in a position where you had to figure out how to get therapy. My therapy at the time, fishing every single day after losing my mother, was fishing. Had time to think, had time to reflect, had time to grieve, had a lot of time because I was out there by myself fishing. Uh, I lived on the lake at the time. Every single day, 10, 12 hours, sometimes not eating, just drinking a lot of fluids, thinking about fishing. And ultimately, because of that, it turned into a skill set that actually took a quantum leap and started winning tournaments. Right. Not knowing that the grieving process was helping me become more proficient at as a professional fisherman. And then I started getting sponsors because I was winning. And then I started to believe that I can really do this. Then I started traveling around the country, fishing these big tournaments with some of the best in the entire world. Mm-hmm. And when you can actually win and get a check doing that, and then <laughs> sponsors notice you, you feel like maybe I can do this. Right. And ultimately it turned into something else. The TV side came about because of the nature in which that I communicated on stage in a charismatic manner. I would actually leave a little inspirational antidote mm-hmm. and then also uh, just give someone something positive to, to talk about when most people would get on the stage and talk about all their sponsors. And everybody wants something positive they can hang on to and possibly marinate on later on. And ultimately I did. And then a, a producer came up to me and said, I think you could make a fantastic TV host and mm-hmm. the rest is history. Wow. Now you have, like, like, I go back to as a kid, you know, I uh, I was on the cane with the little cork, putting it out there, you know, the little Mark Twain moment, you know what I'm saying? Little, just watching the little bass. I think I was, perch was what I was really catching all the time. So let's yes. let's, let's go through this little education process, because you said bass is the popular 
popular circuit uh, tournament. They have smallmouth bass and largemouth bass. I've caught both. Then I've caught catfish, which is, ooh, you got to have gloves with them bad boys because they will cut you. They will cut you now. And then you have the perch and you have trout. I've caught all these things. So let's let's go with what I call the fish that that, that, that scares me that, that I have been cut grabbing this fish incorrectly is the catfish. What makes yes. the catfish such an interesting is the delicacy on plates in restaurants, especially in the South. What makes that such an interesting and how you go about catching a catfish? You got to understand a catfish, a very slimy fish. You don't see scales. So scales is one thing. And it's also in a sense a scavenger. So it will eat any and everything on the bottom of the lake. Mm. So it also has on each side, as if I was a catfish coming out of each side by its uh, 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 gills, thorns. Right. It has a little antidote of poison. And then you have one coming out the back. So when you grab it, most of the time, if this is a catfish, you want to grab it from the front underneath mm-hmm. those thorns. And you never grab it from the back because the back is where that other thorn is. And you hold on to it pretty tight. There's a bone there as well. If you hold on pretty tight, it won't slip. Mm -hmm. Because that's the other thing. Usually when it slips, it'll fall, it'll hit your toe, and you'll never forget it. (laughs) But it will remind you, never do it again. (laughs) And I've been there. Absolutely. My great-grandma and my daddy, boy, what'd you doing? (laughs) So at the end of the day, there were some tough lessons learned but you'll never forget it because that was our staple of fish growing up, catfish. Whoa. My great-grandmother, my dad, Friday nights at church, boy, we eat so much catfish, I found that it's scavenging. Absolutely. And, and, and like I said, that was my, my, my we go out there and I, I cut my hand up a many a day trying to trying to corral those. Because as a kid, you don't really know and you don't remember no. the lessons learned previously. And uh, you get cut up enough by that catfish, you're either going to fear it or you're going to learn how to pick it up. Now, yes, sir. And then if then perch, because I was always on the bank fishing with my little cork perch. Explain to people what exactly is perch. So perch is related to the bass, and we call them bluegill. They're also called shell crackers. So there's bluegills and there's shell crackers, and some of them call them red ear. There's so many different nicknames for fish, mm-hmm. but their, the official name is a bluegill. Mm-hmm. And they call them perch as well. And they are also a good fish for bass to eat. Mm-hmm. So they're about a pan size, and a pan fish is usually the size of your right. hand. Right. Oh, they're so good. Mm, yes. Got to scale they're them off so now. You got to scale them off now. Got to get yes, that sir. knife and knock all those scales off now. Yeah, but I usually fillet them off. Uh, yeah. but, you know, I, you <laughs> okay, know. He's a professional. Yeah, but, but, I'm a little my, black my kid from the family. Hood. They don't believe in scaling knife. They usually <laughs> say, leave eyes on everything. Let it look at you when you eat. No, sir. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. I, I, I'm talking to Rodney Green, one of my good dear friends in the business that uh, is unique because it's a rarity to see a talented African-American fisherman. He has a popular show called A Fishing Story with Rodney Green that airs on all the Roku, the Dish, the DirecTV, all the, all the uh, show networks that you can stream on. It's available to get his show. And it's before I, I want, I want to let everybody know. Tell us exactly what a fishing story is, and then I'm gonna get back to talking about that smallmouth bass, largemouth bass, and the trout. So, a fishing story is a show that uh, walks people through a personal life of a person through the portal of fishing. So, the highs and lows of life, and we've all had it. And at the end of the day, we see the highs and lows and see how people have persevered because it's always a very unique thing to see someone that have gone through the same thing you've gone through and ultimately have come out on top. And we, we highlight people that have gone through tremendous life experiences on a fishing store. And that's really important that people understand the motivation behind relaxing, relaxing. You know, we 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 live such a stressed life. And I, you know, you've been by my house. I have a little pond, five-acre oh, yeah. pond behind my property. And that relaxes me, Ronnie. And when I, I don't care how intense it is out there, I get there and I just see that water, just the rippling. I just see some minnows out there. And I, I see the water swirl. Either a fishing saw me or a frog saw me. They went the other direction. I see these geese landing. And it's just yes. really relaxing. That is such a great 
therapeutic moment out there for you. Is is something you would recommend to people to experience on a regular basis? Absolutely, Rashawn. I think it's it's something about we have a kindred shift to water Mm -hmm. and nobody can fully understand it and explain it. But at the end of the day, when we are around water, when we go on vacation, even if just looking at water, there's something about it. Because if you think about it, not to get too deep, but Mm -hmm. our body is made up of majority of water. So it's a kindred ship because you're relating to something that is you're developed by, your body is made up of. So I don't understand it totally, but at the end of the day, it has a therapeutic value that you can never put a price on. Yes. The fishing store hosted by Ronnie Green is on. You can catch it on the Outdoor Channel, World Fishing Network, NBC Sports Bay Area, and other Armed Forces Network as well. It's a very popular show that really takes you back. Like I said, I, you know, when, I, when I say came came pole fishing with the cork, Mark Twain, and you know exactly where I was at right there. Yes, you right. know that's a classic yes, moment. Sir. Now let's go to which I consider the one of the prettiest fish is trout, trout fishing. Oh, yes. And then uh, explain how you get that, and then we're gonna go to the large mall bass and the small mall bass. Yes, sir. So trout is that's another very unique, beautiful species. There Mm -hmm. is a saltwater trout, what we call the ocean trout. Mm -hmm. And then you have the freshwater trout found in typically streams. So the beautiful streams where you see real shallow, clear water. And most of the time, the best way to catch a trout of that magnitude is through fly fishing. Mm -hmm. So that's another very unique skill set of fishing because you're using a main line. And you see the guys just whipping it back and forth. Mm -hmm. And that is so relaxing because you're around a lot of mountains. Typically, you're around a lot of... We were just in uh, Missouri up Mm -hmm. at Bass Pro Shops um, doing a show with Johnny Morris. And one of the things we did was fly fishing. And it is so amazing to catch a, a fish on such a small little fly that they can see hit the water with all this moving water. And as soon as it comes by them, they hit it. It's wow. a beautiful thing. That's, 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 so it's just constantly just feeding it, just constantly just yes. feeding it into a certain yes. area. That's, that's, that's amazing. Now, let's, let's go to the smallmouth bass, which I've caught, and largemouth bass. What is the difference between the two? And uh, what makes them such a great or uh, popular circuit fish? They're both bass um, in the bass family. But the thing about a smallmouth bass, it lives in northern cooler climates right anywhere from northern alabama on up north and that is probably pound for pound the toughest fish in freshwater uh you can see they have a larger tail than what a a largemouth bass is and then they have a smaller mouth right much smaller mouth but big girthy body Mm -hmm. so they have a lot of, of stealth um, and lots of power. And you'll know when you have one on because it's the fight <laughs> of your life, man. That is something else. And of course, everybody's favorite, the largemouth bass. Yes, sir. You know, I love them plus That's size. the one with all the uh, logos and everything, yes, all sir. the images on that, that swirl. <laughs> yes, sir. And the reason is that is the most, I guess, opportunist type predator in freshwater. Mm-hmm. You can have little baby ducks, and I have seen it in action, unfortunately, going along with their mother. All of a sudden, one will just disappear because the bass will hit them on top and take them under. Their mouth is so large, anything they think they can get their mouth around, they will take it down. I've seen them take baby rabbits that have fallen in the water. I have seen bass take anything that they think their mouth, frogs are a favorite of them, right? and of course, bait fish. So, and that's what's so intriguing about us chasing that green fish because you can trick them on top with a top water bait uh-huh. and up and hit it. And it's a beautiful explosion. It's an amazing fight. Or you can catch them on a crankbait. You can catch them all sorts of ways, but whatever it is, you can trigger those lateral lines on the side of his body, mm-hmm. her body. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, that thing, when it feels a vibration, it'll turn on it. And before you know it, it'll be on, on, on your line. And the thing is fast. People don't realize, why is this person reeling so fast across the top? Right. They can go 12 miles an hour. 
Wow. That's a fast fix. So <laughs> yeah. that bass is something else. And that's probably why we chase that green monster. And it's like a $13 billion industry right. just chasing that green fish. So I, I, I got to ask you, though, when people they say, I want to be like Mr. Ronnie Green. How does one get into this business? It is not an overnight process, but how does one start? It's a very tricky thing, and so there is no guarantees. You have to be very careful. I would always say to make sure you have your education before you do anything so you have a fallback plan. Um, but the way it typically works is you um, fish tournaments, local tournaments. There used to be saltwater tournaments, but they only have those larger, massive tournaments like sailfish, and that's teams that have been together for many years. But on the bass side, you can fish your local lo- tournaments in what is called the weekend series, ABA, BFLs, or even the Bassmaster, which is what I still continue to fish and uh, keep my skills up. So there are several ways to join it. And and then you move up in the ranks based on how you finish Mm -hmm. and you keep fishing. And some people move up and they don't want to leave. They just do it consistently. It's a tough road. You're on the road a lot. If you have a family, you're not going to see them a lot. It's similar to a military style of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot you must give up and you must be committed because there's going to be some days you literally don't catch fish. Right. That's the wow. nature of fishing. Mm-hmm. And that's why we love it because at the end of the day, you might get punched down and, you know, knocked out by the bass and you come back the next day and you TKO that fish, you know, before you knew it, you know, first <laughs> cast. And that's why we love it. Well, if you've had some of my friends on the show. Okay, I would be remiss if I left this show because I'm telling everybody, you know, me and Ronnie, I, off air, I got to bring it on air now. Been with this brother a while now. Been by my house, fixed him breakfast. He caught fish in my backyard. Then, Lavelle Crawford, he been on the show. Nephew Tommy, he been on the show. All these people been on the show except Rashawn McDonald. But I will not be a good host to talk about the experience that they had on your show. Lavelle Crawford, who we know is a, in the comedy terms, is a fool. Nephew Tommy is a fool. Talk about the experience of fishing with these two gentlemen. They're very gifted in their craft. Now you got them in your craft. Yes, it's amazing because they are very good fishermen as well. Mm-hmm. Lavelle Crawford loves his bass fishing. I don't know if people look at his social media, but if you ever peek at his Instagram, there's going to be a bass showing up somewhere. Wow. He's going to be in a city. He'll find a little pond and have a little rod, and he will find a pond and catch him some fish, hold it up like, hey, I'm in Ohio. I'm over here at this club, and I'm actually catching fish around the corner. That wow. is a person that loves and has a passion to fish. Didn't even know that. Uh, I did not know that. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then uh, uh, nephew Tommy, you know, I'm still waiting to prank him one day on some fishing. But (laughs) matter of fact, we'll be fishing together probably pretty quick. We talked yesterday Uh and uh, he's an amazing fisherman. He loves inshore. We did an offshore shoot and, Mm I tell you what, he we had it cooked on the spot and it was amazing. So mm-hmm. we had a chef on the boat and it was incredible. And of course, one of my closest friends is uh, Arnez J. That is a fool and a half. Oh, I forgot about Arnez J. That's way too yeah. much energy to be on the boat. That's way too much energy, Ronnie, Arnez J. Too much. It was so, he has, and there was a little antidote there. There's a little trivia. He has actually helped me and hone my offshore saltwater fishing skills. Yes. So you're always learning something new in fishing, and you'll never master the, the, the fishing game totally because so, there's so many different ways to catch fish. But he actually taught me a lot about offshore fishing. As a matter of fact, I'll be with him Monday uh, with four, uh, 14 uh, gentlemen. Uh-huh. bunch of us brothers get together, man, uh-huh. and we do this annual trip where there's fishing fun and fellowship on a 135-foot yacht, and we have a chef, and uh, all we do is fish, and, of course, we're going to clown. Absolutely. So we, on SG, that's the MO. Yeah. And, and he's a good athlete, too, and as well as Nephew yeah. Tom is a former track star as well. So, yes, sir. So you yes, had a lot sir. of kinship out there with these gentlemen. But, again, a fishing story with Ronnie Green. Ronnie is always like a reminisce. I, I hope when I interview you, man, it's, like a, just a, it's just a natural storytelling conversation when we have it on my show. Cause you yes. are motivating. You are special. Cause you're 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 an effective 
attractive talent, uh, well-known talent, a star in an area that not many people of our color are stars. So that makes you unique mm. and special. Don't ever forget that. And keep understanding yes, that when you come on my show, you're just a powerful motivational tool that I use to encourage others to say, you can do that too. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation Masterclass. Thank you, Rashawn. I appreciate it so much. I always remember, leave with your gifts. Keep winning. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. If you want to hear any of these interviews, always go to moneymakingconversation.com. Be blessed. You've been listening to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Always remember to lead with your gifts. Money Making Conversations Masterclass is a presentation of 3815 Media Incorporated. You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. Hi, I'm Rashawn McDonald from Money Making Conversations Masterclass with your daily Minute of Inspiration. This week, I sat down with New Birth Missionary Baptist Church Senior Pastor and Morehouse graduate, Dr. Jamal Bryant. He explained the role the church can play in unearthing financial literacy for communities that are slow to circulate the dollar. I think the deficit of the black church in large measure is when the black church speaks about economics, we only do it in terms of asking people for their tithe. We're asking for 10%, but never show people how to multiply the 90. And I think part and parcel of my responsibility as pastor uh, is to talk about how do we uh, manage our revenue. And so when we talk about economic development, it's got to be not just a campaign, but a mind fight. If you want to hear this full interview with Dr. Dr. Jamal Bryant is available on moneymakingconversations.com.